MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Find your perfect mattress and up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. And thanks to our new sponsor, Factor. Factor delivers delicious, fresh, never-frozen meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes. Head to factor75.com slash dailybeans60 and use code dailybeans60 to get 60% off your first box. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, January 2nd, 2023. Today, Kevin McCarthy is holding a call with the GOP caucus to try and secure votes for Speaker of the House, and the election is this Tuesday. George Santos is under criminal investigation for campaign finance violations. The January 6th committee has released tens of thousands of pages of testimony transcripts. Carrie Lake is hit with more attorney's fees as she loses yet again in Arizona. Elon Musk faces a margin call, and Greta Thunberg takes down Andrew Tate. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and I was asleep by 1045. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I saw the ball drop in New York, and I feel like that counts for something. And then I sort of was in and out, and I think I may have celebrated New Orleans, and then possibly Albuquerque, but I definitely did not make it for Los Angeles. (laughs) No. I went to, I started, like, falling hard asleep at, like, 10. And I was like, uh, I had had my uh, little personal assistant robot, uh, whose name I'm not going to say right now, because she will come on and start telling me random things. That's funny. I had her set an alarm for 11.59, and then doo-doo-doo. And I opened my eyes and I turned on the, the, the ball drop and I went, yay. And then I went back to sleep. <laughs> yay. <laughs> and, I, you know, I texted a couple of close friends and said, you know, Happy New Year. Totally. Heart, heart, heart. And Happy New Year to all the Beans listeners. Yes, uh, this is going to be the year of accountability, I say. So anybody who's been picking up on that message, um, thank you for spreading the word. Uh, that I truly think this is going to be the year of accountability. And I know that I promised patrons that I would probably put up some updates throughout the week. Uh, I didn't. I was having so much, uh, I just, a relaxation. Good for you. On my vacation that uh, I was like, you know what? I just need to step away. I mean, I was still pouring through transcripts and following the news and tweeting here and there and and put up a, a Happy New Year message on Patreon. But that vacation this past week, it was so important to my mental health. I think you will note by the tone and tenor of this show how important time off is. So I've already scheduled our next vacation. We are going dark the week of March 6th. And uh, I wanted to let everyone know ahead of time. I'll be I'll be repeating that between now and then uh, because I'm taking another vacation and we're giving the time off to the Beans crew and everyone. And, uh, you know, it was just a really... Um, well needed like a really it was just needed it was so needed and thank you so much everybody for letting me have this time off and letting everyone at msw have the time off too knowing my luck that march 6th week is the week when all the indictments will start dropping but hey (laughs) probably hey that's what we got to do 
And Kevin McCarthy is sweating the speaker election Tuesday. Uh, He has called an emergency telecon with the GOP caucus in a desperate attempt to secure the votes needed to win the speakership. Should be hilarious. Let's watch. I'm in. (laughs) And before we get to the hot notes, who remembers this moment from the quintessential, the seminal Christmas movie, Trading Places? Margin call, gentlemen. You can't expect us to... You know the rules of the exchange, Mr. Duke. All accounts to be settled at the end of the day's trading, without exception. You know perfectly well we don't have $394 million in cash. I'm sorry, boys. Put the uh, Duke Brothers' seats on the exchange up for sale at once. Seize all assets of Duke and Duke commodities brokers, as well as all personal holdings of Randolph and Mortimer Duke. My God. We're ruined. This is an outrage. I demand an investigation. You can't sell our seats. A Duke has been sitting on this exchange since it was founded. We founded this exchange. It's ours. It belongs to us. Oh, my God. your brother's not well. We'd better call an ambulance. Fuck him. Now you listen to me. I want trading reopened right now. Get those brokers back in here. Turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. Dana, that clip begins with the line, Margin call, gentlemen. Now, a margin call is triggered when the value of the collateral securing a loan falls below an agreed ratio and more cash or stock needs to go to the lender to maintain the account in balance. Well, three days ago, Elon Musk had to meet a margin call from creditors holding the stock as collateral for loans financing his Twitter buy. Jeez. (laughs) The lender makes a margin call to protect itself from the risk of the investor defaulting on the loan. In order to fulfill the margin call, Musk now has the option of either paying back a portion of the loan or offering more collateral in the form of Tesla stock or cash or a combination of both. Or a combination of Russian and Chinese money, and we'll see which it is. Yeah, (laughs) that's why they called him to cutter for the World Cup, so that Kushner could be like, "Uh, my friends here, Bonesaw and his buddies are pretty pissed that you're tanking the Twitter stock. So, uh, you know, stop it. And, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. He still hasn't named a new CEO of Twitter. He's still going to be the owner. And he's still going to be fucking tweeting in the new yeah. year. So, yeah. So we just kind of have to block all those assholes, turn on notifications for people you love and make Twitter, make your Twitter feed a place you want to be. All right. We have a ton of news to catch up on over this past week. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. January 6th committee dumped over 150 transcripts, totaling over 20,000 pages over the holiday week. and. We all sort of scrambled, like all my buddies in the media scrambled. We doled out which would, who would review which transcripts. I volunteered first to go over the McEntee transcript. Remember Johnny McEntee? I've been waiting for that one. He's, he's the 29-year-old college gagagawa who, who led the Office of Presidential Personnel, OPP. He's down with OPP. Yeah, you know me. That's the one where it was like a frat house. They would ice each other, Dana, which meant they would hide bottles of Smirnoff ice. And if you found one, you had to chug it. Uh, just absolute assholes. And McEntee basically became the de facto deputy president in the final months of the administration, I should say. And uh, through his transcript, we learned first that he didn't recall a lot of things. Maybe it was all that Smirnoff ice. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the committee, ever prepared, had answers to the questions they were asking him before he was deposed and confronted him with evidence from other documents and testimony they re- received to refresh his idiot memory. Now, some of the more shocking things I found while reviewing his testimony include the fact 
Mark Meadows had a burn bag and destroyed tons of documents in the final weeks of the administration. Hutchinson, Cassie Hutchinson, also testified she saw him burn documents after meeting with Rep. Scott Perry several times in his fireplace in his office. We should just not have fireplaces uh, in the White House. Uh, We also learned that Donald fired the Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, and replaced him with Chris Miller because Esper wasn't down with using the Insurrection Act and Chris Miller wasn't opposed to it. And that change, that firing of him and putting in of Chris Miller was made the day Biden was declared the victor. Why, after the election, would you need somebody cool with the Insurrection Act at the head of the Pentagon? And in a stunning moment, they asked Johnny about the statement that Ryan McCarthy, who's the secretary of the army, uh, the statement he made. Remember when he came out, Dana, and said the military will not get involved in election? Absolutely. And, And they asked McEntee if he spoke to anybody about that. And Johnny said he didn't recall. Then the committee produced a handwritten note written by Johnny (laughs) that they got from the National Archives that was fucking taped back together, indicating that Donald said he would fire the secretary of the army if he ever made a statement about the military not getting involved in elections again. Wow. The other standout moment was when we learned that when Donald tried to install Kosh Patel at the CIA, Gina Haspel... And every other leader of the intelligence community threatened to resign in a quote-unquote suicide pact, just like the entirety of the Department of Justice leadership threatened to resign if Donald installed Jeffrey Clark right. as acting attorney general. Yeah, they were like, you, you, you'll be presiding over a graveyard? Same shit here. Gina Haspel and all the leaders in the intelligence community, appointed by Trump, mind you, or, you know, career professionals, like, well, we're all fucking out of here if you do that. So now we know both DOJ and everybody in the intelligence community threatened to resign. Politico has some other standout moments from the transcripts they reviewed. Kyle Cheney and Nicholas Wu went through these with a fine-tooth comb. The national chairman of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, took a December 12th tour of the White House. and alarm bells went off inside the Secret Service and among other security officials. Trump Deputy Chief of Staff Tony Ornato told the January 6th committee last month that Robert Engel, the head of Trump's Secret Service detail, flagged the visit for him as security officials wondered how they would let him slip through the cracks. Quote, why didn't we pick up on his role and membership in the Proud Boys? One official asked Engel in an email Engel shared with Ornato. Ornato said he would have shared these concerns with the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, though he couldn't recall specifically whether he did or not. I'm not too worried about it. I can't remember. Yeah, Ornato couldn't remember a lot of shit. Also, as the select committee peppered her with questions about her relationship with John Eastman, Cleta Mitchell expounded at length about her view of voters' roles in the presidential election process. This is what she thinks of voters. This is what she thinks of y'all. Quote, there's nothing in the Constitution about allowing people, citizens, to vote on electors. Now, that is something that legislatures have over time decided they want to do. But in my view, according to the Constitution, that's an advisory role. Voters have an advisory role. That happens because the legislature has created a mechanism to conduct the election. So, yeah, she thinks that... um, the voters are just passive, secondary. <laughs> we just we just want some advice, but we're not necessarily going to follow it. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, you're just advising us. And the January 6th committee laid out a strong string of evidence that agency officials at the DHS, at the FBI, and the Secret Service, and the Justice Department were all discussing the possibility of large-scale violence on January 6th, some of it directed at the Capitol. Ornato also forwarded an article to Engel about the prospect of violence on January 6th, but Ornato said he didn't recall seeing any of this chatter, despite being a point of contact for the security agencies. 
And he said he didn't recall whether he read the article that he sent. I mean, obviously it wasn't on Twitter because Twitter asks you, have you read this article before you'd like to retweet it? (laughs) Maybe that's what he should have gotten is something popped up on his phone that said, would you like to read this article before you send it to everybody? Yeah, the special Tony Ornato pop-up window. (laughs) Please confirm that you have read this for future depositions in court and by investigators. Uh, Yeah, he just didn't recall much. Ornato said he also didn't recall the content of a 12-minute call he had with Engel on January 6th, who'd been receiving updates about the security situation at the Ellipse, where Trump had begun delivering his speech. And I'm sorry, if you don't have that kind of fucking situational awareness, you don't belong in the fucking Secret Service. Agreed. And uh, Cassie Hutchinson told the select committee she was in touch with dozens of members of Congress via Signal, including Kevin McCarthy, who is about to, you know, (laughs) try really hard to beg for votes on the phone today. Another standout, KG, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Donald Trump Jr.'s fiance. Uh, She professed ignorance of many of the events around January 6th. She told investigators she, quote, didn't know all the ramifications or what the significance was around the January 6th electoral vote count and said she couldn't explain all the certification challenges to this day. I actually believe every word of that. (laughs) (laughs) What are votes? I don't know what any of that means, but the best is yet to come. Oh, my God. So. Asked whether she knew Ali Akbar, which is another name for Ali Alexander, the far-right organizer of Stop the Steal, she first asked investigators, isn't that what terrorists yell? Before later adding, I do not know anyone named Allah Akbar. She's such a racist piece of shit, even when she's trying to be funny. Yeah. And uh, Lindsay makes an appearance in these transcripts. Trump-aligned attorney Christina Bob recounted a conversation between Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, and Lindsey Graham in which Graham sought out evidence of election fraud. Bob recalled Lindsey Graham saying in a January 2nd, 2021 meeting, same day as the Raffensperger call, to just give me five dead voters. You know, an example of illegals voting. Just give me a very small snapshot that I can take and champion. That's what Lindsey Graham said. And the select committee has released transcripts from several members of Trump's cabinet, mostly detailing the days immediately following the attack on the Capitol. Most notable was the interview with former Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia, who discussed efforts to persuade Trump or his allies to convene a cabinet meeting in order to take potential steps to limit Trump's actions in the final days of his administration. That's called the 25th Amendment. Scalia said he had spoken to other cabinet members about what to do in the aftermath of the attack. And and one last thing. What is all this white space and blank pages in the transcripts? Well, there's a little bit of an explanation, maybe from Elisa Rubin. Law of Ruby over on Twitter. And she says that she thinks that these could be purposefully left out. Because normally when you see a blank page in a government document, it says intentionally left blank. You know, have you seen that where it's like, we intentionally left this blank? Yeah, this wasn't an accident. Yeah, because then you're like, what was here? That's the whole reason of that. And there's these whited out spots. And she thinks that those could be things that the Department of Justice said, please don't release that. That's evidence in an ongoing criminal investigation that we don't want defendants to know about. Seems reasonable. She thinks it might be that. I don't understand why they just wouldn't redact the transcripts unless that gives away the information of, you know, who, you know, because we know who is being deposed in those transcripts. So that would confirm that there is maybe evidence 
of a crime in somebody's transcript and that maybe the Department of Justice says we don't like to accuse people of wrongdoing uh, unless we're indicting them because that's unconstitutional. They have to be able to face their uh, accusers in a court of law. So I don't know, but that's some speculation. And if you see, if you read some of these transcripts, there's definitely some content missing. Uh, you're like, how'd you get from there to there? And there's all this white space in between. We don't know, but we'll, I, you know, maybe we'll find out. But uh, what else? I know this is going to be a very long show because we missed so much over this week. But what else is going on, DJ? Everyone's in for it. Trust me, they're in for the long haul. The next one, we're going to Carrie Lake because she can't stop with these bullshit lawsuits in Arizona. <laughs> a state judge on Saturday rejected her last-ditch effort to overturn her defeat in Arizona's governor's race, dismissing for lack of evidence her last two claims of misconduct by Maricopa County election officials. Well, the ruling after a two-day trial in Phoenix that ended Thursday, it follows more than six weeks of claims by Lake that she was robbed of a victory last month. Now, assertions that echoed the false contention that was at the heart of her campaign. She was saying this from the beginning. And what she was saying was that even in a larger theft had stolen the 2020 presidential election from Donald Trump. So she's still bidding for this guy, which is unbelievable, echoing this false, you know, this false election bullshit. Now, Miss Lake and her supporters, they conjured up what they called a deliberate effort by election officials in Maricopa County, which is the state's largest county, to disenfranchise her voters, not all the voters, just her voters. And uh, that seems to, uh, I think, say something about what her voters may look like. How would you even know who the fuck her voters are? (laughs) Are they white? Okay. Uh, They never provided evidence of such intentional malfeasance, nor even evidence that any voters had been disenfranchised at all. Well, he went on to rule flatly that Lake and the witnesses that she had called had failed to provide evidence of intentional misconduct that changed the election's outcome. So they didn't even have any evidence of what they were claiming. And this is a direct quote. Plaintiff has no freestanding right to challenge election results based upon what plaintiffs believes, rightly or wrongly, went awry on election day. So you can't just decide what you believe and then bring the lawsuit. This is from the judge. And went on to say she must, as a matter of law, prove a ground that the legislation has provided as a basis for challenging an election. Well, at the end of this order, A.G., the judge invited the defendant, Katie Hobbs, to file for sanctions, and she did. Now, Maricopa County Supervisor Court Judge Peter Thompson on Wednesday ordered former Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake to cover about $33,000 in costs for some of the fees related to her failed lawsuits against Katie Hobbs and Maricopa County officials. But the judge denied the defendant's request to sanction Lake directly, and her attorneys over her lawsuits uh, challenging the integrity of the election. So Thompson had also denied a request from the defendant for Lake to repay all of Hobbs's attorney fees related to the lawsuit. Maricopa County, in a motion filed and joined by Hobbs on Tuesday, urged the judge to sanction Lake over the lawsuit, which they said was filed in bad faith. Well, that is definitely one word for it, or two words for it. Bad faith, it is. Yeah, so they didn't get the Rule 11 sanctions, but they got attorneys, some attorneys' fees covered, $33,000 for the um, Maricopa County officials and Katie Hobbs. So there you go. And then she just wants to keep filing and appealing and losing. It's just it's their thing. Here's something cool. Federal prosecutors in New York, federal prosecutors in New York have opened an investigation into Republican-elect George Santos. And that's according to two law enforcement sources. The probe by federal prosecutors from the Eastern District of New York is at least the second investigation into Santos, 
who acknowledged this week that he had fabricated and embellished several claims about his background involving his education and work and race and religion and his mother dying at 9-11 and like 800 other things. And his grandparents surviving the Holocaust. He's just, he's a piece of shit. He really is. Uh, the investigation is said to be in its very early stages and has not zeroed in on any one allegation of wrongdoing yet, but I think we have an idea. The two sources confirm the prosecutors are examining Santos's finances, including potential irregularities involving financial disclosures and loans he made to his campaign as he was running for Congress from his own fucking company. <laughs> now, Danielle Haas, a spokesperson for the U.S. attorney at EDNY, declined to comment, and a spokesperson for Santos came out and said, well, actually, he is the president. No. The spokesperson for Santos said uh, he doesn't have a comment either. ABC News first reported the federal investigation. Santos is also being investigated by the Nassau County District Attorney, the DA. And the focus of that probe is unclear at the moment. But DA Ann T. Donnelly, in a statement, said numerous fabrications and inconsistencies associated with Congressman-elect Santos are nothing short of stunning. No one is above the law. And if a crime was committed in this county, we will prosecute it. That's Donnelly, a Republican the Nassau DA. Last week, New York Attorney General's office, Tish James, said it was looking into a number of issues surrounding Santos, did not confirm whether it had opened an official investigation. The report also raised questions about how Santos was able to lend his 2022 campaign $700,000 after claiming on a campaign finance form in 2020 that he made $55,000 a year. And Dana, I've saved the best for you. A story about the beginning of the downfall of the biggest trash can asshole narcissist troglodyte muttonhead, Andrew Tate. Woo! And I'm very excited for you to tell I us mean, about it. I mean, this takedown by Greta Thunberg was beautiful. Okay, this is from Rachel Olding at the Daily Beast. Now, Greta had the perfect response to a tweet by Andrew Tate. So what happened was, this is, he's the late heavyweight boxing, uh, kickboxing champion, world champion. Now, what he did, he tagged the climate activist in a tweet bragging about his cars, 33 of them to be exact, and their emissions. Okay, so he's just being a douche in the beginning, and this is the quote. This is just the start. Please provide your email address so I can send a complete list of my car collection and their respective enormous emissions, he wrote. Now, Thunberg, she's 19 at this point, suggested, (laughs) this is what she responded, she quote tweeted it and said, "Uh, please enlighten me and send me an email at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. Well, This guy's millions of followers also saw this, and this thing got retweeted millions and millions of times and viewed. It was actually a perfect takedown. Now, just a day after that takedown, this is when this gets even better, which is one of the top 10 most liked tweets of all time, by the way. Misogynist MAGA influencer Andrew Tate, he was arrested Thursday in Romania on human trafficking and rape allegations. So Romania's... uh, Directorate for the Investigation of Organized Crime and Terrorism, which is the DIICOT, confirmed in a statement that cops raided five homes tied to four suspects as part of an investigation into organized crime, human trafficking, and rape. Now, it did not name the four suspects, but said two were Romanian citizens and two were British citizens, who allegedly kept at least six women captive in houses surrounding Bucharest, where they were forced to produce pornography for social media under threats of violence. Now, Romanian newspaper Gandul was among several local outlets to identify two British citizens as Tate, a British-American kickboxer better known for his grossly misogynistic online persona. He's just gross. And for flaunting, like we said, these 33 cars, as well as his brother Tristan. So these two were named in this. Now, 
Reuters, as well as Gondul and Romanian TV, they also obtained photos of video of Tate's arrest, showing him in a black leather jacket and hoodie being perp-walked by police in tactical gear. Tristan was filmed in the same outfit as one of the blurred suspects in the official footage of the raids released by the DIICOT. I'm not sure if they just, do they call that the DICOT? I don't know. We can call it that. Let's call it the DICOT because that's annoying to say the letters over and over. Now, the official footage showed heavily armed cops storming luxury homes and compiling cash, guns, bars of gold, and expensive cars. The four suspects were arrested and ordered detained for 24 hours for questioning, Dicot said. Now, prosecutors later requested a 30-day hold, meaning Tate could spend New Year's Eve in Romanian detention center. The Romania TV reported that one of the Romanian suspects was a former Bucharest police woman who was dating one of the Tates. So it's either Andrew or his brother. Now, the brothers are accused of luring women into lavish villas using the Dicot called the lover boy method in which they stuck up a relationship over social media before convincing the women to come to Romania to pursue a romantic relationship. Now, instead, they would allegedly keep women in a small studio where they were forced to work as pornographic models for OnlyFans and other websites. That's according to the local news site G4. Well, the scheme unraveled when one American woman managed to send her location to a boyfriend who then alerted the U.S. Embassy that she was being held at the brother's home without her consent. This is Romania TV in Gondol. They both reported this. Now, when cops raided the five homes on Thursday, they found several women, and this is again from Gondol, including the woman with American citizenship, but also a young woman from a Republic of Moldova. Dicot said in its statement that the victims were threatened with physical violence and mental coercion through intimidation, constant surveillance control, and invoking alleged debts. Adding insult to injury, Tate's sad attempt, okay, this is what happened, to clap back at Thunberg on Thursday may have actually been what led to his arrest. So police told <laughs> Gondel that they relied on social media posts to figure out that the Tate brothers, where they were, who were constantly traveling out of the country, that they had returned to Romania. They didn't have proof yet. Now, it's unclear what social media posts they were referring to, but Tate made a video It was a video rant he uploaded onto Twitter shortly before the arrest in which he smoked a cigar, tried to brush off the online spat with Thunberg. He unwittingly displayed a pizza box from a local pizza chain called Jerry's Pizza. What that did, it alerted the authorities looking for him to his presence in the country because of the pizza box. Now, the arrest caps a rough year for the former reality TV star who has previously described himself as absolutely a misogynist, super proud of it. Now, in April, his home in Romania was raided in connection with a human trafficking investigation. Tate previously said 40% of the reason he moved to the Eastern European country was because Romanian police were less likely to pursue sexual assault allegations, so he thought he'd be safe there. Now, in August, he was kicked off Facebook and Instagram and shut down a money-making program for his followers called Hustlers University. Well, after the April raid, Tristan Tate, his brother, insisted to the Daily Beast that, quote, no girls were found in my house and nobody was arrested. Well, Andrew Tate later posted a photo of himself smoking a cigar in a staged interrogation room with the caption, quote, officer, I think we can all agree that bitches love to lie. Now, as an update, this is an update. The 30-day hold in jail was approved and Tate and his co-conspirators are sitting in jail as we speak. Now, 
one of the things that you have to mention is that uh, later what happened after he was arrested, Thunberg literally posted on Twitter and said, this is what happens when you don't recycle your pizza boxes. (laughs) 19 years old, trolled the shit out of these guys. And I'm talking two of the most seen and liked tweets in the history of Twitter. And this guy got arrested because of the fucking pizza box. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, Dana, some uh, news coming across my desk right now. The uh, 1-6 committee has released all of its underlying evidence, including emails showing that uh, people uh, behind the Trump rally knew as early as January 2nd that Trump was planning to march to the Capitol with the rioters. And he was trying to say it was just spontaneous. So we will uh, I'm going to go through this, but it's a it's a big deal. Uh, Hugo Lowell from The Guardian has just tweeted out a link to this underlying evidence. There's a ton of it. Uh, no comment from the Department of Justice. I don't know if they're mad, sad, fine, indifferent. Uh, I really have no idea, although we, you know, we did talk to Chuck Rosenberg on the last episode of Jack, the podcast about special counsel, that he would like it if the <laughs> committee did not release everything uh, because it could tip off people uh, and get their pre- defenses prepped and all that other stuff. But we will be going over that a little bit uh, uh, tomorrow on The Beans and uh, we have a, a quick break we have to take right now, but we are going to be right back with the good news. So stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. It's a new year, and Factor is here to help you achieve your New Year's goals. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and skip the trip to the grocery store, plus skip the shopping and the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up as well. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Factor is delicious on-the-go solution, and they have a deal for you. Head to factor75.com slash dailybeans60 and use code dailybeans60 to get 60% off your first box. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals so I can feel good about what I eat for every meal. I recently had their Peruvian chicken. It was delicious. It took two minutes. It was incredible. Right out of the fridge, into the microwave, two minutes, donezo. I could not love this more. They have 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, so there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with a huge variety of satisfying add-ons. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live the fullest. Every meal is prepped by chefs and approved by dietitians, chock full of ingredients you need to feel satisfied every day. It's going to be easy to achieve your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Again, head to factor75.com slash dailybean60 and use code dailybean60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code dailybeans60 at factor75.com slash dailybean60 to get 60% off your first box. And regular listeners will have heard by now how much I love my Helix Sleep Mattress and how much it's drastically improved my ability to sleep and function. This mattress has changed my life. I'm not exaggerating. Everyone is unique, so they've developed a short sleep quiz you can take online that matches you with one of several different mattress models. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot like I do, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So if you're looking for a mattress, go take the quiz or the mattress that you're matched to, and they will ship the mattress right to your door for free. I took the quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight, as you know, because I wanted something medium firm and I sleep on my side. So it's perfect for me. Now, you know, Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. And they have a 10-year warranty. You even get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Again, just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. 
Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helixsleep, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, corrections, confessions, uh, we want to play What the Mutt, show us your holiday photos, what you ate, the decor, show us your New Year's photos, anything you want to send to us. I take dogs and costumes all year. Uh, Dana loves baby photos. I like frog orgies. Whatever you have to send to us, please do so at dailybeanspod.com. <laughs> Click on contact. I hope there's a new listener that's like, what the hell did I just stumble yeah. upon? <laughs> I know. Like, that's it. I was I was interested in this show, but now not. No. Yeah. Now I'm a patron. Okay. <laughs> uh, first up from anonymous pronouns, she and her. Just some belly rubs to start the new year. I sing a belly rub song to the good news song. And... Monkey will luxuriate as long as you will rub. Every morning, never a trap. He's my ridiculous Oh, love. my goodness. Oh. Hello, baby chonkers. So oh, I love the beautiful, sweet. beautiful rings. I love that. Never a trap. Ooh. Never a trap. Awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. More kitties. Here we go. This is from Anonymous. Pronouns they, them. Good news. Oh. My tuxie boys are neutered and microchipped. They came through like champs. And I'm considering harness and leash training because... They want to go out, pawing at the door, jumping into their character, character into their carrier. Please enjoy a shot of them both just after we got home from the vet. They're super stoned and they look it. Thanks for the gift subscription and happy holidays. And those are some very high kitties. Hi, look kitties. At those dish, those dish plate, what are they called? Saucer eye, eyeballs where your oh, yeah. pupils are huge. And uh, yeah, that's so cool. You got a gift subscription. Everybody, if you didn't know, uh, you can donate if you've got 36 bucks. You can buy a whole year of uh, Patreon premium feed for a, a listener who might not be able to swing it. You can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on Patrons Helping Patrons. And if you want to have one of these one-year subscriptions donated to you, you can put your name on a list and we'll hook you up with one of those subscriptions that is donated by one of our wonderful patrons. All right, next up from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Hello, I just wanted to say how much I enjoy the show. I am a white 58-year-old male veteran living in the middle of Indiana. Fuck yeah. Needless to say, not very many people I'm associated with share my views. <laughs> I've listened daily for over a year and appreciate your insight. Thank you for your service, Anonymous. Um, for pet tax, here's Maverick visiting my mom at her <laughs> nursing home. He comes every month and they love him. You guys, Maverick, Maverick is a miniature pony. It's <laughs> a little horse. It's a tiny horse. Oh, how cute. When I worked at the VA, we had tiny horses that came in as therapy animals. Um, there was one that we named Sebastian, of course, from Parks and Rec. But this is such a cute little baby. Oh, thank you for this. All right. This is from Laura, pronounced she and her. I've sent pics of Tybalt, uh, Princess of Cats, a few times. I but, remember. Yeah, we got her pretty, pretty dress for Christmas. My husband didn't think she would like it, but she loved it. She loved how pretty she looked. Please enjoy. <laughs> Look at yeah, Tybalt is very, very happy about this dress. I'm, I'm impressed that you even got her in there. And the little collar, her little red heart collar matches her little red dress, which is tulle at the bottom with sparkles. And then it's got plaid underneath. 
um, like a white and green plaid tartan. It's very delightful. This season, uh, all the cats will be wearing this. Thank it you. Is. Would you want me to take the next one? You can close this out. Yeah, go for all it. All right. This oh, is from Candace. Pronouns she and her. Dear Beans Queens, coming to you from Australia, also known as Surface of the Sun Searing Heat Land. <laughs> Thank you so much for all your excellent work in 2022 and help me push back against some family members who have started down the rabbit hole of misinformation. I'm an English teacher who offers private tuition oh, to students with special needs and gifted and talented students. It's the end of the school year here, and I wanted to share a good news story. My work over the past five years has now helped 15 students to enter medical school. More than 50 more have entered the university of their choice, and every single one has graduated WACE, which is the equivalent of a GED here. Teachers both here in Australia and around the world are facing a lot of challenges, but every teacher I talk to puts up with the nonsense because we know how important a good education is to our students. Here's a pic of my mom's dog, Quinn, a.k.a. the Mighty Quinn who was rescued after she had been used uh, in a puppy mill. Uh, The state of Western Australia just passed the Dog Amendment, which bans pet stores from selling puppies. This will help crack down on puppy farms and animal cruelty. As you can see, she loves the beach and also doesn't know to stay away from wet paint signs. (laughs) She's a black lab and staffy bull terrier. And in this picture, she is definitely a black and white lab because of that wet paint sign. I thought it was just like shiny fur. I did too. This is really (laughs) funny. I think she might have some white markings, but maybe not. No, she's all black in the next picture. So, so, so cute. That's lovely. Thanks for sharing that. And thank you for helping all these students. Private tuition with students with special needs and gifted and talented students. That's so incredible, Candace. Thank you for all that you're doing. That makes such a huge difference, Dana, you know, when when people reach out and help help just, you know, get people educated. It's so amazing. Absolutely. All right. Finally, from anonymous pronouns, he and him. Happy New Year, Queens of the Beans. Hoping this year brings indictments for Trump and his cronies. Me too, me too, Anonymous. My stepmom was very sick last Christmas, 2021, and had the flu this year in the week leading up to Christmas, but was finally feeling pretty well by Christmas Eve. We had one of our best Christmases in a long time. Here's something to file under shit kids say. My five-year-old niece got some kind of Barbie camping tent for Christmas from my brother. When she opened it, she excitedly exclaimed, Oh my freaking God, it's so beautiful. She's five. We were all dying with laughter. My sister tried to rebuke her for using such language between the giggling. For pet tax, here's a picture of my calico cat Callie licking her chops. Okay, so the black mark above her eye makes her look like, like, kind of like a Groucho Marx, right? Oh, totally. She's got a little smoky eye going on too. Yeah, that's totally great. Yeah, Margot Tannenbaum in the house. Love it. (laughs) Thank you all for sending in your good news. Again, please send us all the, all the, all the, all the, all the good news that you can muster. You can do it at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Dana. Yes. I really missed you this week. I really did miss you this week. I missed you too. I know. It felt like a longer than a week. I feel like it was. But I really have to thank everybody for allowing me to have that week off. And again, week of March 6th, I'm out. I'm Audi. Uh, Audi 5000. Um, What's that from? I mean, we used to say it in grade school. I'm out. Oh, clueless. That's right. <laughs> clueless. Yeah. After she says, you're a virgin who can't drive. Ooh, that was harsh, Ty. Whatever. I'm outie. <laughs> uh, 
the things that pop into my head, I swear. Oh my God. Yours, your, yeah, the references you know blow my mind sometimes. <laughs> but I really did miss you. I missed all the beans listeners. I'm so happy to be back. I'm so refreshed. I'm ready to go. I am ready for the year of accountability. Do you have any final thoughts before we end? No, just wishing everyone the most prosperous, happy, healthy year ahead. I feel like 2023 is going to be a really good one. So let's make it so. Yes, absolutely. Everybody, until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health, vote blue over Q, and take someone with you. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.